Hello, everyone. I am Daniel Desmond. I'm here today with Zach and Caleb. We will be doing our week one fantasy reactions. And a quick note, we will be doing our game picks every other week. So our next episode, we will continue the game that we were playing. But to start off this episode, we are going to be giving five risers and five fallers after week one in fantasy. And then we are going to give two guys who you should trade high on and then two guys who you should buy low on and try and trade for a low price. And then to finish out the episode, we are going to be doing ride or die. So, Caleb, tell me your first riser after week one. So, my first riser happens to come from the Eagles, A.J. Brown. I mean, he proved himself as a top five receiver in the league after this game. He had insane volume in an offense that looked electric against, obviously, a bad defense in the Lions. But he saw 13 targets for 10 receptions and 155 yards. And, I mean, the touchdowns will come with the deep balls that he was getting and just the overall volume. Yeah, I his target share was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure he had the highest target share in the entire league, so I think that does drop a little bit, but he really seems to be... It's him in that running game, mm-hmm. and I think it sets it up really nicely. I was impressed with what I saw from Hertz as well on the deep ball. Yeah. Um, So I think A.J. Brown is definitely a riser. To call him a top-five wide receiver, though, in fantasy, I think is... A little bit of a stretch just I mean, because you have guys like Chase, Jefferson, Cup, Diggs, and Devontae looked incredible as well. Sure. So I wouldn't put him in the top five there, but I definitely see him as like a top ten yeah. guy the do, rest of the way. Do you know how many points he got in fantasy this week? He he didn't have any touchdowns, yeah, which is like 25. the thing. But he had 25. Oh, well, yeah. Well, maybe yeah. for this week he was top three. Well, yeah, but I just think was. that he's one of the guys where, yeah, he's right now in the six to eight range, but... Within the season, I think he can prove himself to be just as good as the guys like Jamar Chase and Stephon Diggs, who you said were above him. I think those guys are just that tier above him. I'm not sure because then you also look at those guys and the quarterbacks that they have, and I don't think that Jalen Hurts is going to be getting up to that level. So I I just feel like a wide receiver is only as good as his quarterback, and I think that Stephon Diggs and Joe Burrow are at that tier because of who they have as their quarterback. Jalen Hurts has proven himself. I feel like I I, I like you him think, this year. But do you, but do you think? But do you think that he will be like as good as Joe Burrow? I think he'll I be good, think. as I mean, good as Matthew Stafford. Yeah, yeah, it's, true. That, true. That's different though. That's and Joe Burrow because just of threw the four scheming. interceptions. He turned well, he, the ball over four times last game. Well, he also and, went to the Super Bowl the game before that. Like, and, okay, but it's just I like do. I I feel like <laughs> Stafford is completely different because of the scheming. And what they do, it's pretty much what they've been doing in basketball for like the last five years with Steph Curry, where they keep on doing picks and rotations until Steph is on the worst defender. That's what they do with Cooper yeah, no, Cup. Cooper Cup is completely different. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Zach, who was your uh, riser after week one? Uh, so, my rise is Daryl Henderson Jr. Um, for some reason, Cam Akers just was not in, he was just completely absent in the week one offense, uh, which I think surprised a lot of people, uh, especially fantasy wise. And, you know, just kind of just allowed Daryl Henderson to just dominate. Uh, he kind of, he looked very similar to how he did last year, um, where he was definitely a starting running back on most fantasy teams. Um, and I think that, you know, I think I saw him at like below 50% owned in ESPN leagues. So I think that's going to go up a lot. And I think that he kind of proved himself to be able to share the backfield with Akers. Uh, this year going forward, at, at least, at the very least. Um, but I, I think definitely he's someone that is was very good week one. Yeah, they've they've always talked up Daryl Henderson. 
Um, they've always thought he was going to be like an Alvin Kamara type of guy in that offense, but he's never been able to do it. And I I like the way that they were using him. Cam Akers was just gone, and that's the big thing there. Cam yeah. Akers was just gone. Yeah, and I mean, this Rams offense is clearly elite. Even though they did struggle against the harsh Bills defense week one, this offense has proven himself in the past. And I think Daryl Henderson's a great RB2 or flex option in most leagues. But I would wait one more week to start him just to see what that scheme and what that like share is really looking like in L.A. But then after that, if he really is seeing the majority of the carries, then I would go ahead and start him. I think you could start him this week. They're playing the Falcons. That's a positive game script. Yeah. Even if it's like he... I don't think that Cam Akers is going to immediately jump back into the RB1. I think he's still going to get like 70% of the workload at at least. Mm. I would start Daryl Henderson here against the Falcons. Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't wait a week. Yeah, I just traded for him, and now he's definitely in immediate at least flex position for yeah. me. I definitely like Daryl Henderson. But my riser is, of course, Saquon Barkley, who, besides Justin Jefferson, had the most points in all of fantasy. He just looked like his old self with 194 total yards and a touchdown. And I feel like his receiving workload might even go up as Wandale Robinson got hurt and Kenny Galladay just proves to be like one of the worst number one wide receivers in all of football. Um, and I also think that Dayball is a real coach. And I was talking about this in our last pod going from Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson. Going from Jason Garrett to Brian Dable is also a huge jump, and I think Dable is able to get Saquon out into space. Yeah, and I mean, since I'm a Penn State fan, I've loved Saquon for so long, and seeing him back at that just explosive and just fast running, he has such a different run style than so many running backs, and he runs in such a majestic way where when he's fully healthy and he's running at his fast pace and he's quick, then he can get through so many like little places that other people can't. And I mean, you saw it in the first week. He outperformed pretty much every other running back. Yeah. I don't think this volume will continue 100% just because the Giants suck. I don't care what their first win. Like Obviously, <laughs> they beat the Titans. The Giants still suck. I don't see them like being a very good team in the league. So obviously, having a running back on a like a pretty bad team is not always great but i still think that he looked amazing yeah i think like you were just talking about like they're going to be a losing team i mean he is their offense like yeah, darius right. tony played 15 percent of the snaps he is their offense and if they're going to try and put up points it's going to be through him yeah so i think his workload is going to stay the same it's just about him being healthy are you yeah. are you seeing a repeat of some, something similar to the rookie his rookie year i think that he could definitely repeat what he did I, yeah. I think the offensive line looked better. a lot better than if you go back and watch from his rookie year, that offensive line got a whole lot better. Yeah. So I think he could definitely put up those numbers. But then in the back of the mind, you just think about him getting hurt, which yeah. could happen right. at any point. Yeah. Sure. Like anybody. Um, so, Zach, who is your second riser after this week? Um, you know, keeping with the Giants, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I'm kind of – don't don't hurt me, but <laughs> I think it's Daniel Jones. I, th- I think he looked. I think he looked pretty good last week. I mean, the sole reason I'm bringing this up is just because of his completion percentage. He was 17 for 21, which I, I think is impressive. Um, and he only threw one step, one interception, which you know it's Daniel Jones, so he might like, throw three or four in a game, and that's kind of normal. Um, yet still, those 17 of 21 completion percentage. That, that's 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 pretty good. And they pulled off the win. Almost got, and he almost got 200 yards. And he doesn't really have much to work with, and Saquon's pretty much his whole offense, just like we were saying. So, yeah. 
I I don't know if I would count him quite as like a major riser after this week. He threw an awful interception on the goal line, and then you see Dayball ripping him and telling him he's awful. I I think in super deep leagues, like in a super flex, he's worth a streaming option because he does have a little bit of a running floor, but I I I don't think I will ever start Daniel Jones in a fantasy league. Like ever. Yeah, I mean, even in a super flex league, I would honestly rather start most receivers than Daniel Jones. He is awful. I don't care what he did the first yeah. game. He's shown the past two years that he sucks. There's no getting better for him. I don't care how good he did. He threw an awful interception. He's playing against a shaky Titan secondary. And I mean, it, it was just a fluky game all around. And I just, Very fluky it was game. just a fluky game. I didn't like it. It was week one. I think going into Carolina, or is it at home game? Yeah, I think they're home. All right, well, either way, staying in New York, when Carolina comes, I think that he's going to show how bad of a quarterback he Look, is. Look, I'm, I'm not saying he's, like, a starting QB now. I'm saying that week one, he only missed four passes the entire game. I think there is something to that, and I think that's Dable, and that's him protecting him. Like, if you watch, if you watch the game, everything is just play action, roll out, he dumps it down, or it's a screen pass to Saquon, a swing out to Saquon. It is probably the easiest the easiest quarterback job to do in the NFL but, was yeah. what Daniel Jones did. Look, but but then you look at the receiver's stats, and I was looking at the Giants receiver stats. Almost all of them had less than like five receptions. Yeah, because which, he had no, no, no. 188 yeah, yards. But the, but then you look at their yards, and it was like three receivers that had, you know, two receptions for 80 yards or two receptions for 70 yards. I, I just think that his skill position besides Saquon just isn't good. Yeah. Kenny Galladay sucks. Tony is I think he's in the doghouse for Dable. Yeah. Like I I wouldn't read much into it. Um maybe if you're a crazy Giants fan that goes crazy when they win on a game winning field goal. If you're one of those crazy Giants fans, then sure stream him. But Darius Tony looked very good and they, he just didn't play. Like the two catches that he made were great and they were both like very skilled catches, then he just didn't get any playing time. So yeah, I just don't think Daniel Jones has the viable weapons to yeah do anything. Um, so my second riser was Michael Thomas. Um, after missing like two years because of injuries, MT went off. Um, he posted twenty two point five fantasy points in the second half. He was blanked in the first half, and he did all this while being shadowed by an elite corner in AJ Terrell. He mossed him twice in the end zone. And I think the first half chalks up to Jameis just looking off. Then Jameis got hurt, and then he looked incredible. <laughs> um, I think that continues. I think they're going away from the run in Kamara. And they're opening up to Jarvis, who had a big game, Michael yeah. Thomas, Chris Olave, the rookie, who they traded up to get. I think that they might just go full-out passing offense, and I think that Michael Thomas is definitely a huge riser. Yeah, I mean, I really like him this week, too, against the Bucs. I don't care how good the Bucs defense is. The Saints have the Bucs number for the past four or five years now. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I like him this week. And also, going against A.J. Terrell, who's an elite corner like you were talking about, he did not do well in the first half. But the, the way he really turned around in the second half, after coming off an injury, it's not easy to bounce back right after the, yeah. like your first game back in, what, two years? Mm -hmm. so, something I mean, like that. It, something like that. And this is his first year healthy in so long. And coming back in one game, you're not going to – you're going to be a little bit shaky, but he bounced back so well and down the stretch. It was him, him, him. 
down yeah. the stretch. They know that he's their guy, and now they trust in him because they saw how good he did and how good he performed this week. So, I mean, yeah. I love him going forward. Yeah. Sky's the limit for him. Like, yeah. he could be that top yeah. five fantasy guy Easily. like he's been in the past. Yeah, he yeah. broke the reception record like three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm feeling deja vu just like with Saquon back and or possibly in the Michael Thomas. I think it just feels like yeah, another year. I think it's interesting how like some of these risers are just people that like ha- are good. the like most talented players in the whole league and just yeah. missed the right. missed like a year with the ACL and now it's their second year back from it. I think that says yeah. a lot about how ACLs work. Yeah. Um yeah. and I feel like their talent is just going to keep on going yeah. cuz both of these guys are young too. Yeah. It, people think they've been around in the league for so long, but yeah. they are young. I mean, I would love to see a year where like Christian McCaffrey, Swift, Derrick Henry, um Michael Thomas, Saquon, they all stay healthy and I would love to see how they all do. Yeah. So Caleb, who's your second riser? Um, mine's Cordero Patterson. He had insane volume week one against a tough Saints defense. No 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 one competing with him in the backfield. Mike Davis is gone. He had twenty two carries, hundred and fifty yards and a touchdown, and also saw three receptions. And I mean Marcus Mariota does have that run threat, but he's pretty much the only threat only other threat comparing to Cordell Patterson on this team. And he saw so many carries week one that I just don't think the volume will go down at all. I he people like kind of like zoned it out or something. Like I don't know what it was. I did this as well. Cordero Patterson was the RB7 last year. Yeah. And then you get him in like the 10th round. Mm-hmm. It it's weird and now his volume is back. There's nobody else in the backfield like you were talking about. I think this is definitely people who invested in him. Yeah. yeah. I think they are going to get huge dividends here. Yeah. A, a lot of things I feel like that are happening this year at least in fantasy it's just like people just didn't know what was going to happen this year. Just like we said with Cordero and you know a lot like or Saquon like Saquon was probably you know, people knew it would be an early pick. So, yeah, I just think it's interesting how people are performing this year. Yeah. Uh, who's your third riser now, I think, Zach? Uh, my third riser is Amon Ra St. Brown, I think. I mean, look, he's a Lions receiver, so, like, I, I'm not like I'm not saying he's an is a receiver one or two on your fantasy team, but I think he's a great flex. I mean, he had eight receptions from Goff, who, when I think of Jared Goff, I don't really think of him as getting, like, eight receptions to one guy and 10 to another guy I just he's just not that yeah I, I, you like you were saying Amonra I think he is a good wide receiver too or even your wide receiver one like Amonra St. Brown last year since Thanksgiving he was second in fantasy points it went Cooper Cup Amonra St. Brown Devontae Adams yeah like realistically I think this is just he's on the Lions. Nobody likes him. It was like the same thing with Swift because Swift was hurt last year. TJ Hawkinson was hurt. It was like no shot he puts up this production again, but he did. Right. And so it's kind of like how many weeks is Amonra St. Brown going to have to be a wide receiver one until people put him as a wide receiver one? Right. Yeah, and I mean, this is his second year in the league also, and people— Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, he has so much developing left to do, and under Goff, obviously, who isn't the best quarterback, he's not going to thrive as much as he would probably like to, but I mean, it's a great it's a great spot for him. I mean, he's the wide receiver one. Right? I think it's also, when you look at last year, Dan Campbell took over play calling, yeah. and then immediately Amon Ra became this top guy. Mm-hmm. Dan Campbell's still calling plays, so as long as he's calling plays— Monroe is going to get featured, yeah. and I think that he could definitely be like not not where he was as the number two wide receiver, but I definitely think he could be like hovering around that wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two range. Yeah. 
Um, let's jump into a, a couple of fallers after week one. Uh, Caleb, who's your first faller? Um, mine's Alvin Kamara. You were talking about this a little before with the Saints, who were really passing the ball a lot and against the Falcons because they one they were down, and also I just think they're sort of flowing out of that only run game with Kamara yeah. and Ingram. I mean, and also when Kamara was running the ball, he looked slow. He looked a little out of rhythm, and he only had nine carries. So I mean, we didn't really see much of him, but when he was running the ball, he didn't look great which might explain why he didn't keep running the ball. But, yeah. I I kind of agree. I feel like people who drafted Al- Alvin Kamara are the fallers after this week. Yeah. Because you're taking him over DeAndre Swift, mm-hmm. Javante right. Williams, Saquon Barkley, and those guys finished as running back once. So yeah. I think you're kicking yourself if you drafted Kamara. Yeah. Um, Zach, do you see any upside in Kamara, like kind of turning this around and, uh, finding his ADP, kind of. I mean, he's clearly just not good with Jameis Winston. Um, and you know, I, I'm I'm someone who took Alvin Kamara. I think I, I think I got him at twelfth at pick twelve. Um, and I, I'm just, yeah, I definitely think that I'm regretting not picking Swift or Javante Williams. And, and I don't think he's gonna have upside this year. I think I think he's at least gonna not proven to be as he used to be. Okay, okay. I don't think that we're completely ruling out Alvin Kamara in all ways. I just think that he did not look great after week one. I definitely think that if the Saints offense starts struggling or continues to struggle like they did in the first three quarters of the Falcons game, then they're going to lean on him a lot more, and I think that the talent is completely there. But just after week one, seeing how he performed... I'm out on him for a little while, but I, the Saints can easily reincorporate him because we've seen what he can do in the past. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm against that. I think that Kamara was so good with Drew Brees because Drew Brees would just check the ball down to him. Yeah. Jameis Winston does not want to check the ball down. He'll learn like, he, he really just does not want to. He's going all the way. He's chucking balls. He doesn't care who he's throwing to. The ball, when Jameis is quarterback, could go to anybody. It could yeah. be the guy holding up the sticks, the, yeah. the first down chain. Right. It could be anybody on the field that the ball is going to. And I just feel like Kamara is going to really have to be efficient with his touches. And you talked about how he was looking a little bit slow, a little bit out of rhythm. He's going to really have to capitalize over the next couple of weeks as he gets back into that to show like any form of production. If the Saints want to win, if the Saints want to win with Jameis, I don't care if he wants to throw the ball. I don't care how much he wants to throw the ball. They need Alvin Kamara in this offense. That's the only way that they can win. I, I love their passing game. Like, I was yeah, big on the Saints before. Sure. Yeah. Fine. I, you can't lean offense. on Jameis Winston in a playoff game or later down the season when you're fighting for the division against Tom Brady. You cannot lean on Jameis Winston to carry you. You need to have a check down like Alvin Kamara or a run like Alvin Kamara yes. to get weight off your shoulders. Yeah. And he'll in, be able in to perform. theory, but they've proven that that's they, not their offense. No, they have not proven. They played one game against the Falcons. It was the same thing last year with Jameis. At, he just he, doesn't give the ball to Kamara at the, as Yeah, much. at the start of the year, Kamara did not start right. off strong. I, I think that Jameis, if they really are serious about wanting him to be the quarterback for their team for the future, then they're going to teach him just like they taught Drew Brees. Or, well, Drew Brees is a veteran quarterback. He already knew, but they're going to teach him to check the ball down to Alvin Kamara because he's the best player on their team. I also don't yeah. think he's the goal back. I think they like Taysom Hill more. Than yeah, the goal yeah. Line, no, Taysom Hill is the Taysom only thing Hill. that's annoying because he... I hate him. He pissed yeah. me off. Has they have they used have they used him this year? Like I, yeah. I didn't. He scored yeah. a touchdown. Last oh, game. he did. Yeah. 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 Well, and he had like a forty yard run. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I don't understand where the talent comes from. Um. So my faller is 
one of my Cowboys CD Lamb. Um, obviously, Dak got hurt. I so here's the thing that's funny. The last time CD Lamb put up a hundred yards, it was with Cooper Rush as his mm-hmm. quarterback, <laughs> which is kind of ironic. And now Cooper Rush is his quarterback. Um, the only thing that has me concerned is that. There's the, so Michael Gallup, James Washington, they're coming back in the next couple of weeks. The only thing is that is CD Lamb good? This is a buy low opportunity, it's, a thousand percent. It's, what do you mean? Is, is he like, good? Is yes. he good? Is yes. he good? Like, like can fantasy? he be? Yes, I, I'm talking real life. Is he good enough to yes. be a wide receiver? One, yes, I mean, he has to be good enough. I mean, is he though? What's the second he, option? You put Michael ranked, Gallup at the wide receiver one. He ranked 69th in yard uh, in a uh, separation last week out of 87 wide receivers. 11 targets, two catches. He yeah. had a crucial drop on third down. Yeah. They're not scheming him right. right. I just feel like if CD Lamb is good, we we've seen flashes, but we've never seen him as the wide receiver one in show flashes. Yeah, true. I mean, yeah. But look, Dak Prescott sucks. Okay, just stop. With just that. saying, Dak Prescott just... sucks. Cooper Rush in the last game was CeeDee Lamb, like you said. In the one game that Cooper Rush played fully last year, CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper both went for 180 yards or whatever. Amari Cooper had 180, CeeDee Lamb at 120. What are you what are you shaking your head? He for? did not he did not have 180 oh, wait, no. yards. Oh, okay. I think maybe only CeeDee Lamb had 120 yards. But anyways, CeeDee Lamb has proved himself in years in the past year that he's a great receiver. He may not have proved that he's a wide receiver one, but you don't have to prove that you're a wide receiver one. You can just prove that you can make the plays that a wide receiver one can make. And I think they're putting him in that position now, and maybe it'll take a little while for him to develop into that position, but I definitely think that the talent's there. And C.D. Lamb, if anything, is someone that you should be going after. Yeah, well, Dan, what do you think? Is is C.D. Lamb good? You're the Cowboys fan. Well, see, I want to say yes, but it's like, Yes. The, the whole the whole thing too is that he wears number eighty eight, and as a cowboy, if you wear number eighty eight, you got to be elite. Yeah. Des Bryant, <laughs> Michael Irving, Drew Pearson, right. those guys didn't have wide receiver twos that they could rely on. C. D. Lamb doesn't have that, so he has to step up. So right. yeah. I think that um, C. D. Lamb has what it takes from a talent perspective. He was probably the most talented wide receiver in that whole draft class, even over Jefferson, and coming out of the draft class. Okay. Um, I just think that he really has to prove it, yeah. and he has a good matchup in theory against the Bengals. Um, I'm not like impressed with the Bengals secondary. Yeah. Um. So he has a way to prove it. Um. And they'll be down. They could be down. Um. If Joe Burrow doesn't throw five interceptions. True. Uh. So Zach, who's your faller after Week One? Um. My faller is Sterling Shepard. And you're probably thinking that, you know, he got 71 yards. I mean, you're not, he, he got a bunch of yards and he got a touchdown. So uh, my response is he also got two receptions. So I, I would say anyone who acts or should act as one of the starting receivers on a team should not get two receptions. Um, I don't care if he got 150 yards, just the sole fact that he got two receptions, just, I, I just, he's not someone I can look next week and be like, okay, he's going to get volume or he's going to get me fantasy points. I, I just don't, I just don't know. Like, who drafted Sterling Shepard? He's he acts as one of the starting receivers. Well, I mean, like, I guess in theory he is like the wide receiver three on the team. I think but even it's like two or it. It's like who drafted him? Where, where? How is he falling when nobody had him high? Sterling, 
Sterling Shepard is on a lot of people's fantasy teams, and if not, he's like of the top on the waiver wire. I I I don't know. I just feel like the whole Giants offense is awful, except for Saquon, and I just think that Sterling Shepard, if there will be any production, it will be like he had, where he's going to catch a couple of long balls and then maybe get a touchdown. So I think that this is just like his apex and. It, he's going to come on down, so I guess, like, you're kind of predicting the fall of him, but, like, I, I really don't know here. Yeah, yeah Sterling Shepard sucks. Every Giants receiver sucks. <laughs> I'm down on every single Giants receiver. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty simple. <coughs> um, So now let's jump back to our risers after week one. Caleb, who who's your third or fourth? Um, My third is Michael Pittman. He went for nine receptions, 133 yards, and a touchdown in week one, and Matt Ryan is the wide receiver one guy if you're a wide receiver one you want matt ryan as your quarterback he's made julio jones great okay, calvin don't, Ridley. Don't, don't say he's <laughs> no, no he's not made yeah. julio jones was elite when he had matt ryan calvin really was elite when he had matt ryan and he saw the volume that the that the number one wide receiver one wants to see and michael Pittman saw this volume week one he had 11 targets and the colts offense didn't look great and they're going to lean on him and jonathan taylor to really get them through the year and i just think i mean like i said before matt ryan loves his receiver one yeah i we were talking about this on this podcast last week and i said matt ryan is the king of volume yeah. and he threw he threw for like if you look at carson Wentz uh, last year for the colts if you add his passing attempts from week 18 and week 14 they are four more than Matt Ryan's passing attempts this week. Yeah. So I think that the volume here for Pittman is going to be on incredible. Yeah. And there's nobody there. Alec Pierce dropped a touchdown. He's in the concussion protocol. There's nobody beside him. I think it's just like, go. Michael Pittman is just going to run with it. The other thing is that Matt Ryan sucks, though. Like that that is the problem with this. That he loves his receiver ones, but he sucks now. So I mean, I, I I hope he can be decent enough to the point where Pittman can be good, but the only worry I have is that Matt Ryan is not good. Yeah. Uh, he he looked sloppy. Of like course, he threw interceptions, fumbled a snap. Um, but he's just the king of fantasy production. Yeah, yeah. And True. it's also here's a question for you. Is it the Falcons that are cursed and choke these leads, or is it Matt Ryan? Because I don't know. The Falcons, the Falcons just, they just choked, choked the lead. lead. I don't so, know. Who so knows? Is it, is it Matt Ryan or the Falcons? Well, Matt Ryan just made a comeback. Yeah. So maybe it's maybe it's I mean, just the Falcons. But Matt Ryan isn't good either way. And honestly, I think it's a downgrade from Carson Wentz. I think it's Whoa. a massive upgrade for yeah. Michael Pittman here. Nah. Oh, for, well, okay. For Michael Pittman, I think it's an upgrade. Fine. But I mean, seeing what Carson Wentz did, he looked pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. I think he played Jaguars. Matt Ryan played the Texans, though. It depends on the system. It, yeah. it depends on the system. We'll see. Um, so my riser here, I think this is my third one, um, is Marcus Mariota. And this might come out to the out of the woods to a couple of people, but he had the second most rushing attempts by a quarterback, and he did not throw for a touchdown and still finished as the QB8 on the week. Um, I think that his rushing floor could make him a top 12 QB on the on the lead, on the year. And he's available in 93% of the league, in 93% of ESPN leagues. I just think that his rushing floor, when you're looking at a quarterback, you're looking for high floor, high floor and like kind of a moderate ceiling. You get that in Jalen Hurts, you get that in Josh Allen. 
you might get that in Marcus Mariota. Yeah, and I mean, looking at his targets, Kyle Pitts has not caught an NFL touchdown in America, yeah. and his second target has not caught an NFL touchdown ever. So he doesn't really have many red zone targets that are competing with him, which makes him very viable for a goal line touchdown or a running touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I mean, I, I can see this Falcons offense being decent because I like some of the weapons they have. So I don't think that it's going to be one of the cases where it's like, this offense is so bad that Marcus Mariota can't even do anything. This offense is good enough to the point where Marcus Mariota has a chance to like develop because he really hasn't even played for that yeah, long anyways. I, I think that it's just the rushing upside with him. Yeah. Like they're always gonna run the ball. They're always gonna be down so then they'll pass the ball. I think he's just gonna be force fed volume. And yeah. that's just the big thing with him here. Yeah. Caleb, did you say that you like Cordero Patterson? Yeah. Yeah, well what what doesn't make sense to me is that you that you think that Marcus Mariota's upside is his rushing, but then Cordero Patterson also doesn't really line up Next, to, he he's usually a running back. So. Yeah, you well, think they're you think that their whole offense is based just around the run? I think that both of them are the two most likely to score a touchdown on the goal line. And I I think that as well easily. Yeah. And also, when they get within the red zone, Kyle Pitts doesn't get targets. He's seen it before. He doesn't get targets, even though I think he's very talented. He just doesn't get targets in the red zone. So I mean, you also I, have I think to think that, yeah. about you also have to think about the guy who's play calling Arthur yeah, Smith true. he was the Titans uh offensive coordinator when mm -hmm. Derrick Henry would be getting 500 yeah, touches Henry, a year Henry, Henry, like yeah. they're just gonna keep on grounding and pounding yeah. even if they're up even if they're down because eventually it's gonna wear them down yeah, yeah. so I'm I really like Marcus Mariota mm -hmm. um Zach who is your fourth riser uh my fourth riser is I don't think it's a surprise but Mixon it's not really a riser it's more of just like he's continuing to do what he does um I mean, he. I just can we just appreciate twenty seven carries? I mean, that's just like that. Just shows that like he is a humongous part of of the Bengals offense. And it was, uh, it was also the Bengals Steelers. The in that Bengals Steelers game, the Bengals had like the most plays since like two thousand and two. Yeah. Joe Burrow threw like fifty three times, and then Mixon had twenty seven yeah. carries. Yeah. It's just like yeah. the whole thing with Mixon was that he was top five last year, and now he has. In improved, I say that with quotation Mixon's marks, O-line. Um, I think that Joe Mixon, if you drafted him, because you're getting him right around that range with Kamara. Yeah. If you took Joe Mixon over Alvin Kamara, props to you. Or yeah. Probably won your week. Yeah, definitely. And I think Zach Taylor definitely clearly trusts him. And if Joe Burrow keeps playing as badly as he did last week, I, I see definitely a lot more touches for Joe yeah. Burrow. Also, he's facing Cowboys defense this week who just gave up like... 120 yards to Leonard Fournette. Yeah. yeah. So True. we'll see how he can do here. Um, my last riser here are the commander wide receivers. Um, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson aren't the names that you really know of. It's usually Terry McLaurin. But all three of them, McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and Jahan Dotson, all finished as top 24 wide receivers. So they were standard wide receiver twos. And I think that the commanders could become like kind of a perfect storm team for fantasy. Like we saw yeah. this with the 2020 Dallas Cowboys. We saw that last year with the Bengals where their defense yeah. isn't that great and they're just going to be unloading all of their offensive talent. Gibson had a big game and Carson Wentz is a QB that's willing to risk it all. Yeah, like he's he, kinda, he loves to he, throw. He's kind of like Jameis where it could go to anybody. It could it's be true. the guy <laughs> holding the chains and I think that he can make all the throws too. Yeah. He can make them. Yeah. It's not so. even him risking it. He just doesn't 
have any decision making like <laughs> aspect in his brain anymore. Like he genuinely just doesn't yeah. think after he throws the ball. But yeah, yeah it you literally know, can't go for to week one. It has so. been working, and I Dan, I t- completely agree. I love yeah. I love Jahan Dotson. I've been trying to trade. What calls do you go to? Been trying to trade for what calls do you go to? Penn State. Yep. Yeah, I've been trying to. I've been trying to trade. Been watching him for years. Yeah, I I I, I definitely think that he's so, someone that you could really trust on your team. I I I put him in. The, I'm going to put him as the flex in my 12 man league this week. Hopefully he doesn't. Hopefully he doesn't fail me. I, I think his production can maybe alter. He had three catches. Two of them were for touchdowns. Yeah. So his production could definitely alter. But they were impressive catches, too. Also, they're playing, I think it's Game like winning. the Lions. Lions. Yeah, they're playing the Lions. Yeah. So, again, they're going to... The Lions put up 35 points last week, so it could be <sighs> like a little bit of a toilet bowl shootout, so to say. Maybe. So we'll see. Um, Let's jump right back into our fallers here. Uh, Zach, who's a faller after this week? Um, I think any Ravens receiver, honestly. I I mean, you look at the receivers like Duvernay, I think is his name, um, and Rashad Bateman. Yeah. They both same thing as I said with Sterling Shepard. They had like two receptions for a lot of yards. And, you know, Rashad Bateman maybe got like thirteen, fourteen fantasy points, um, and one touchdown, which maybe makes him look appealing if you don't look into the stats. But I, I just I just don't think that they're going to be productive anymore, especially because you just do not know who's the number one receiver on the Ravens at all. Yeah, it. so the Ravens kind of just like, it felt like they weren't even trying. Yeah. Like, they were just like yeah. kind of running wide open, and then Lamar made a couple of good passes. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't even look like they were trying. they were playing like a practice squad team. Yeah, for real. Um, and then it was also really interesting. Ahmad Sauce Gardner was on Mark Andrews the whole game, which <laughs> he was, was like pretty good. He he was incredible. Yeah. Um, I found that to be really weird, and I think that's why you have Rashad Bateman and Devin Duvernay like wide open by twenty yards. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I I kind of want to see what this Ravens offense looks like because yeah. I I felt like they were just playing on like rookie mode and Matt. Right. Or something. Yeah. And I mean, the Dolphins defense did look pretty good last week, so going into Miami, we'll see. Or no, 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 they're going in, or it's in Baltimore, but. I think that we'll see like what this Ravens offense is really about, and I, yeah. I don't trust these like, I don't trust any teams that where the tight end is the number one guy. Like I don't trust the other receivers. Yeah, I don't think that Duvernay or Bateman or I, I, I actually do trust Bateman. I think Bateman will be a very viable fantasy receiver this year. But the other fantasy, I mean, the other receivers in the Ravens, I don't trust them. Yeah. Um. So my next falder is uh, Najee Harris. And this is like a little bit statistical here, so stay with me. Um, Every single running back since 2012 that has led the NFL in touches has gotten hurt the next year, or their workload and production was cut in half. Um, So just a couple of examples. David Johnson in 2016 led the NFL in touches, got hurt after one game in 2017. Derrick Henry in 2020 breaks his foot in 2021. CMC in 2019 gets hurt in 2020. And then dating back all the way to Adrian Peterson in 2013, after he, it was like the year after his MVP season, he gets hurt in week one, breaks his foot. Hasn't been the same since. Yeah. Najee has already had foot injuries in training camp. And to see that surfacing, resurfacing after week one is a awful sign. I'm not like betting on an injury, but I think that the only way, and like you look at the past 10 years, the only way for him to stay healthy is for his production to be cut in half. Yeah. Like I'm I think the 
sirens are just blaring for Najee right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Steelers' offensive line looked awful. Awful. So there's not really anyone anywhere for Najee to go. And in years past, he's had Big Ben throwing him the ball, and he had the games where he went for, like, 14 receptions that really put him on the top of fantasy, like, total points at the end of the yeah. year because he had the games with 14 and 10 receptions. That's not happening with Mitch Trubisky. Trubisky yeah. is not the quarterback where he's just going to dump it down like what we were talking about earlier with Drew Brees is. He's not going to be able to find the open guy and wait for like eight seconds and then dump it down to Najee. And I don't think the 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 passing upside is there anymore. And also, like you said, he has just has so much production that it's just gonna work him to the ground. I think I think a lot of people don't even realize how bad Mitchell Trubisky was. He's yeah. like yeah. when you look at that game, like if you're watching Red Zone, I don't think they showed like a single Steelers possession except for maybe the last yeah. one in overtime. Yeah. It would always just be Joe Burrow throwing an interception. Right. Yeah. They had five turnovers. Five turnovers, I mean, the Steelers, and they scored a touchdown out of it. 13 points off of four turnovers. Kind of ridiculous. Risky didn't turn the ball over. I but I mean it just Again, no the Bengals secondary game. isn't True. very good. It I I think just going back to the main point here. I think that Najee, there's like a ticking time bomb right here with yeah. him. And I'm I love Najee. I had him last year. I love the guy. Such a good dude too. But it's just like it's just a streak. And that's why running backs have constantly been faded. Yeah. It's because they get hurt when they get too much volume. Mm-hmm. Um so Zach, who do you have as a uh, a faller? Sorry. Um I have Brandon Ayuk. Again, like Sterling Shepherd Sterling Sterling Shepherd or Rashad Bateman. I, with the same thing with the receptions, if you go an entire game with two receptions, especially acting as one of the, the number one or number two receiver on the team, I just do not think that's impressive at all. And I don't trust him also because his QBs or Lance, he likes to run. Um, and I, I just don't trust him. I, I'm waiting on the Niners. I think you can't chalk anything up because of the monsoon that they were in. And they were playing on new turf. It looked like the Bears field staff was drunk. Like, if you see the sideline, it's, like, uneven. I'm going to hold off on judging any Niners. Completely hold off. I completely disagree with this. I think Brandon Ayuk's going to have a very good season with Trey Lance if Trey Lance can prove that he's good. And I think that you cannot judge anything off this game. Like yeah, can, they are so literally too. playing in like a, like a water park. Like how do you even, <laughs> yeah. like how do you even say, Oh, you only had two receptions. He, he can't even like see the ball coming at him. It's the most ridiculous thing. I think you wait another week. We'll see what they can do against Seattle. Who's coming off a win against Russell Wilson. That's also, Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll, huge I think, game. is seven and two against yeah. Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. I think this is a huge week for the Niners because yeah. the Seahawks also look good. I don't think it's mm-hmm. a cupcake team. I anymore. think the Niners win this game though, and I think that they just prove everything. Yeah, I I hope they do because yeah, they can too. unlock so much yeah. in terms of fantasy yeah. here. So now, Caleb, tell me uh one of your followers. Um, mine is Chris Olave. I think that until he develops into a like. A good receiver in the NFL. I think you have to wait at least eight weeks or six weeks, or maybe 10 weeks for him to really fit into that wide receiver two slot because Jarvis Landry looked at the clear cut wide receiver two last week and Michael Thomas was getting shadowed by AJ Terrell. So obviously he didn't get the amount of volume that he would normally receive, which is maybe why uh, Olave saw a little bit more targets. But I think once Thomas gets the amount of volume that he's going to have throughout the whole entire year, and 
Jarvis Landry gets like four or five targets a game, then I don't think Chris Olave, I don't think the production for Chris Olave is there. I yet. I kind of agree with you. Uh, I think Olave, I really liked Olave coming out yeah. of college, but Jarvis looked really good. I think he went like nine for 120 or something like that. Um, Jarvis looked really good. Olave still got a little bit of production. I think he went like four for 40 or something like that. Um, and I do think that he could be a guy who later in the year is posting up some really good numbers. Yeah, I think he could be someone like a Moss at Ross a. Brown who developed Definitely. later in the year, but I just don't see it right now because of the amount the mouths defeated in New Orleans. And like we were saying before, there's also Alvin Kamara who needs to somehow figure out how to get him the ball and also taste him out. So I just don't, I, I don't. Yeah, a lot of mouths to feed. Yeah. Uh, Zach, give me your last follower here. Uh, my last follower is Zeke. Um, I mean, he had less than six fantasy points, and I know it was an it was an interesting game with Dak getting injured, and you know, I I just you know Saquon and Zeke, I feel like th- those were the two that were like you know of the top three. Yeah, when was it? Two years ago or something? Um, A little bit longer. Yeah, like uh, but uh, Zeke, I just do not think he's gonna have that bounce back here that Saquon is. Yeah, and the Cowboys' offensive line looked abysmal. It's awful. It's so it, bad. It, it is awful. See, <laughs> I it, love it it's so always, much. It's always funny. It's like the most Cowboys thing like ever for the past 20 years where the most concerning thing was our rookie left tackle. Yeah. But he's like now like the least of our worries <laughs> where like he was actually like really good. Yeah. And I, I kind of disagree. I thought Zeke looked really good and they didn't feature Pollard as much as everybody thought. I think that Zeke is still the way I look at Zeke is he's a ninety million dollar fullback. Like he's gonna <sighs> yeah. get the uh he's gonna get the red zone touches and Pollard was abysmal at blocking and right. Zeke is probably the best blocking running back. So I think Zeke is gonna get featured like a lot more. Um the only thing is just that Cowboys are gonna be down for a little while here. And their offensive line sucks. Yeah. So the Cowboys' offensive line at the start of every year is always top three, except for this year. But the past eight years, it's always been top three. And then five weeks into the season, every single fan is complaining about how awful the line is because of injuries every single year. And the Cowboys' offensive line just can't seem to stay healthy ever. And what's his name? Trayvon Trayvon Smith's not even coming back until November or something, right? Tyron Smith, like, probably won't come back. At all? Yeah, at all. All right, well, yeah, this Cowboys offensive line sucks. I mean, Tyler Smith was really good. The only thing is that they have this guy, Peter Fairbanks, who's playing left guard (laughs) and gave up three sacks and six pressures against, like, Vita Vea and got absolutely mauled by him. So it's very... and. Uh, Terrence Steele had like four penalties. Yeah. It's a mess. You're playing against the amazing Bucks defensive line. You're, to be fair, you're not playing against the bad team. So maybe against the Bengals, they'll perform a little bit better. Yeah. But true. I yeah. I don't. I think Zeke, since Pollard is there, he doesn't get as many yards as you normally want, and it's very touchdown dependent. And especially since the Cowboys are not going to be scoring as much, like in the years, and I mean in the weeks to come, I don't trust him either. Yeah. He. He'll just look good blocking because he's a fullback now. Um, okay, so my last faller was Damian Pierce. Now I'm also going to group Brees Hall into this. Um, they just got completely outshined, or out, they kind of lost the job a little bit. Uh, Damian Pierce lost it to Rex Burkhead. Brees Hall lost it to Michael Carter. Um, they both got out snapped. They looked worse than their counterparts. Um, 
The only thing, I'm not so sure about Damian Pierce. I think that the hype train was just too much for him. Yeah. Um, Brees Hall did have 10 targets, which mm-hmm. is kind of incredible to yeah, have yeah. 10 targets there. Um, so they definitely want to get him the ball. Yeah. And it really just... It really just comes down to these are both bad offenses. They're not going to be scoring that much. Um, I think that the hype train, like, Brees Hall is going, like, 40th overall. I think Brees Hall, it'll come. I think it'll come. The talent is definitely there. He doesn't have to prove any talent. We know that he's a very good running back. And I think that, like you said, he saw 10 targets and Joe Flacco was throwing him the ball. Yeah. So I think as the year goes on, the Jets definitely want to use him. They drafted him. So... I think you have to wait a little bit for him to yeah. get used into the We'll see. Level. They're also rookie yeah. running backs, True. so they exactly. they might get more involved as we go. Yeah. Is, am I wrong, or did Damian Pierce have, like, 20 fantasy points? No, no he, he had, like, okay. four. He had, like, oh, yeah, four. Okay. Um, okay, so now moving on to our next segment here, we're going to do a little bit of si- sell high and buy low. Um, so I'm going to get us started here. My two guys that I think you should sell high are Kareem Hunt and Antonio Gibson. Um, for Kareem Hunt, it's kind of for both of them. Uh, I'll start with Gibson. Brian Robinson is already practicing again. He started on the pup list, so he's going to come back week five. I think that now after this week against the, uh, against the Lions, he's going to post up good. He's going to post good numbers. I think you trade him. I, they really liked Brian Robinson coming out of college. Obviously, his injury is awful. Yeah. And But watching his practice, he was looking really good on this agility ladder. He looks to be fine. I think that Antonio Gibson will go down. And it's the same thing with Kareem Hunt. He, like, Nick Chubb had triple the amount of touches that uh, Kareem Hunt did. He just had the two touchdowns. Wait, yeah. really? Kareem yeah. Hunt is an obvious, is like, it? no. Like the if people if people are trading for Kareem Hunt, then take advantage of that. But honestly, if you trade for Kareem Hunt, then I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. But I I I I I love that. I hate that he has so much talent, but hasn't been able to go just, to a just team. trade him to like the Bills or yeah, something. Yeah. 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 Something like that. And you just trade him to a team with a bad running back. Mm-hmm. I think Kareem Hunt is still very very yeah, good. He's good. Um. And Nick Chubb also, like, to have that backfield all to himself, exactly. that would be a monster. And it's not only out of the passing game for Nick Chubb. Like, he's he was a good running back when he had to be on the yeah. Chiefs. Uh, so, Zach, who are your two uh, sell highs? Uh, I'm just going to start with one for now. I have Dalvin Cook. Um, I think, I mean, it's it's a pretty high, sell pretty high. Um, but I think just with having someone like Jeff, Justin Jefferson on, on the same team is just, he is just so good, and he gets so much volume and I really think, you know, who knows if Dalvin's going to stay injured, if he's going to stay healthy. Um, so, I, I don't know. I just feel yeah. like, yeah. He hasn't played a full season, like, since he entered the league. Right. And I think that this is a passing offense now. He still did get a good amount of touches, but I think they're really opening up this offense to Justin Jefferson. Yeah. And then they're also going to work in Adam Thielen a little bit more. Um I think that you have to wait until Dalvin Cook shows like he still is that top five running back yeah. before like you necessarily trade him high. But I am a little bit worried about his production. Yeah. This is a complete overreaction. Dalvin Cook had 20 carries for 84 yards against one of the best defenses in the league. And I think that he is a top five running back in the league and will continue to be a top five running back in the league to go forward. And he's on a top three or top five offense in the league that proved themselves against one of the best defensive defenses in the league. And 
yeah, Dalvin Cook is that guy. So I don't I don't know about that because they were up for from like the first two minutes in the game. And like the whole second half, Justin Jefferson, if it was a close game, would have put up three hundred receiving yards. Yeah. He was open on every single the play. Packers, the line is stacked. But they, they had to run the ball because they're just burning clock at that point. Um I don't know about this week because like they're playing the Eagles, who just got like torched by the run. Um, yeah. but I do feel like Dalvin Cook, I, I'm not sure if those twenty I think those twenty carries are an outlier. I don't think he's gonna get that type of production again. Um, I think he definitely will against the Eagles, and I think that he'll go for at least eighty yards and a touchdown. It's just I think this is a passing offense now. Right. And yeah. I think he has to make strides in his passing game work like but like again. When you look at Kevin O'Connell, he was with the Rams last year. They rarely checked the ball down to their running backs. Yeah. It was just Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Odell Beckham, whoever. And I think that's just going to be the identity of this offense. So I yeah. I, I agree. I think it's a little bit of, of an overreaction, but I don't think he's a top-five yeah. guy. I think he definitely is. But, I mean, I, if, he, if he stays healthy throughout the year, he's proven himself day in and day out that he is 100% a top-five running back. He could be. Um, so my guy is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. It sucks because right now he's playing, and I bet you he's doing so badly right now because he played the same amount of snaps as Jeremy McKinnon last week. He only had 11 more snaps than the back than the tr- the, the third back of Panchero, yeah. and he's so touchdown dependent. I don't care how good the Chiefs' offense is. He had two touchdowns and only had like 20-something points. And I just don't trust him going forward. We've seen what he can do, and that's not much. And we've seen that the Chiefs don't love running the ball as much. Even though Tyreek Hill's not there anymore, I still don't see him yeah. putting up I hate any production at all. He's burned me twice in fantasy. Yeah. I will never I will never go you, after him. You I will traded him for me and still scammed though, I, me I, last year. I hate him. I hate him yeah. so much. I yeah. will yeah. never draft him. He could become Adrian Peterson. I will never draft him. Yeah. Yeah. He's like he's like a Jamal Williams, except He's the starting running back. So like he gets those goal line touches. Comparison, All yeah. Qua- Clyde Edwards, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire fans should be hoping right now that he scores a touchdown <sighs> in the second half of this fans. game. Because if he doesn't, then anybody, everybody will realize that he sucks. But if he does, then maybe then you can get him for some value. Yeah. Um. So we're gonna move on to our buy lows here. Um. My two guys are two Jaguars. I have Christian Kirk and Travis Etienne. Um, Christian Kirk quietly put up like 20 fantasy points. He didn't even have a touchdown. Um, they paid him $20 million for a reason. And Etienne was like two plays away from a touchdown. Trevor Lawrence missed him in the back of the end zone routine play. And he just missed them. And then he dropped the routine play, which would have been a walk in touchdown. I think that both of these guys are very, very good and will have very good fantasy production. Yeah, I completely agree with this. Christian Kirk had a sleeper, very good week. Yeah. And Travis at ETN, like you said, Trevor Lawrence missed him wide open in the end zone. And then on the other pass, he like slammed the ball at his own feet. Like a defender. I don't know what he was doing there. But again, he's another running back where he doesn't have to prove himself. We know he's amazing. Yeah. So who are your two? Uh, Mine uh, are two guys that everybody is out on, which is perfect. It's Kyle Pitts and Allen Robinson. Every single person that I've seen is out on these guys, even though Allen Robinson played almost every single snap, 
ran a route on almost every drop back and was target even though he didn't see the targets the volume will come as this offense develops and becomes to its elite form and Kyle Pitts played nine more snaps than the next receiver still was tied for the most targets and the volume is there and the touchdown will come with games and he also was lining up more against safeties and linebackers which I really liked and I what I was seeing instead of lining up against corners and I think that's a great matchup for him and going forward they'll both be I think will be very good and I think you should trade for both of them I I think that Allen Robinson like when you look at last year Robert Woods and Odell they both had two targets in their first game with Stafford I think there's a huge piece to the chemistry with Stafford so I definitely think that A-Rob could get better Kyle Pitts on the other hand he just drew so much attention and I love Kyle Pitts. He was like the second tight end ever to put up a thousand yards. Mm-hmm. Um, not out on him yet, but to be like people were drafting him because they thought he was going to be Travis Kelsey this year. Yeah, Travis Kelsey doesn't score two points. True, that's yeah. just the thing with ever. Him. Yeah, ever. True. So Zach, uh, who are your buy lows here? Uh, mine are Tua and Jahan Dotson. I think we talked about Jahan Dotson a little bit, but he's just you know he get good volume with um, with Carson or yeah with Carson Wentz and. But my other one is, yeah, Tua, and I think that if you're someone who, I am definitely this person, who trusts Tua enough to be your QB1 and have a QB that you're willing to trade away, I think Tua is definitely a solid enough option to be to be, have, be a QB1 because I went heavy running backs in one league, and I still have Tua, and I, I just trust him enough, especially with Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. So I, I think he's a trustworthy enough uh, QB1. Yeah. Um, I think that this Ravens Dolphins game is going to answer a lot of questions. Yeah, like yeah. are both of these teams legit? Like, mm-hmm. I think that's a serious question to ask. Um, so now to end things off, we're going to really quickly do ride or die here. Um, so my ride for the week is Juju. Um, and I've been looking over at the game from now and then, and I'm pretty sure he has like one catch. <laughs> um, so we'll see how we'll see how that works. Um, sticking with him though. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah, uh, my my ride or dies are Mike Evans and Kyle Pitts. I, Mike Evans is my ride. Kyle Pitts is my die. Um, I think Mike Evans, especially with Brady, I think you know Brady likes Mike Evans. He gets a lot of volume. He got he catches the ball. He gets touchdowns. So I think he's just a trustworthy uh, receiver. And and then Kyle Pitts, uh, I, I think just for this week against the Rams, um, I don't know if he's going to do too well. Um, we we're talking about you. I, I mean, I, I just don't think he's going to do very well. Yeah. Um, my ride this week is Antonio Gibson. We were just talking about him and him underperforming, but Brian Robinson's not back this week. The Lions were awful against the run against Philly, made Miles Sanders look amazing. And my die for this week is uh, every single Giants player, because except for Saquon. And also my other die is DJ Moore. I just hate that whole entire game, and I think it's going to be a complete... <laughs> I like, like that. sloppy just mess and I just I the Panthers I think Baker Mayfield will be able to pull out this game but I don't think that DJ Moore will be able to have the same yeah. volume that he's experienced throughout his whole career yeah. Baker Mayfield is just terrible I feel like he's not it's great. it's gonna be a fluky game because this yeah. is the first time the Giants are favored in a game by Vegas <laughs> since like 2018 yeah it's gonna be a pretty fluky game uh, my dot is the Titans offense. They looked awful last week. Derrick Henry looked slow. Robert yeah. Woods didn't get anything. Traylon Burks didn't get anything. Now they're going into Buffalo. Oof. Probably face the best defense in the league. Yeah. I don't think that any of them yeah. come out here with like yeah. any fantasy points. Doubt it. I think Derrick Henry, uh, he dominated the Bills last year. He like had his best year 
or best, best game, game of the whole yeah. entire year against the Bills last year. So he has their he has their number. Yeah, he has their Von, number. Von Miller. So I mean, I don't know. I think the, I, I think Derrick Henry can do his thing. I don't think he will. Um, just because negative game script. I hope he does. Best defense in the league, probably. But uh, thank you all for listening to this episode of Des Caught It. Thank you to uh, Caleb and Zach for coming on. Thank you to Walter, their producer, and the Brooklyn Podcasting Studio. And we will see you guys next time.